Hello. Okay. That's better. Bon Happy Yeah, I, I had my... Bon yes. I had the headphones plugged into my laptop because I was watching that video and I forgot to change them over the phone because the phone... <laughs> the phone works better. For us, for Skype. Anyway. Yeah, so I could hear it, and I thought everything was fine, but no, everything was not fine. Everything was in disarray. <laughs> well, hey. we'll anyway. try to, put, to, 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 to bring, bring reason back to our world. <laughs> tell us, tell us, <coughs> tell, you... the, tell the listener who you've been following or who you've been watching. Well, that, that was actually another one of these... Uh, Art 21 videos, and it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. I I thought that the artist Diana Al Haydi was that her name Al Haydid, mm-hmm. okay. uh, and I thought I thought she came up early in my search of artists, and because she was from Syria, I thought, well, that sounds interesting, and I know that you're interested in uh, seeing what women artists do, so I thought that would be a good one for both of us to watch. But it turned out, as you watched it as well, I'm assuming that. Um, it, it was her at the Venice Biennale, so it wasn't really about her work. It was kind of her interviewing other artists. So I thought that was really good. I thought it was really inspiring. Oh, definitely. I watched that, and then I went and watched one where she's uh, building her own work, like a seven-minute one. It, yeah, her stuff's really cool. I looked at some stills of it, but but I didn't get to see any of the actual uh, the, the, a video about her stuff. Just they showed the one little brief bit, but I thought that that was a really good thing, though, to go get touring through Venice Biennale and and to, um, you know, to be having witnessing her interviewing these other artists who she's inspired by and who she's probably in awe of, really. She moved uh, when she was really really young to New York. Yeah, yeah, she yeah yeah she like, she apparently she grew up in, in in Ohio and then she moved to New York, I think, as an artist. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so she says she was born in 81 in Aleppo, mm-hmm. raised in Cleveland, and then lives now lives in Brooklyn. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, she she's obviously, she's got her shit together, because <laughs> did you see her stuff? I just saw her? stills of it. I just saw stills of it. Well, she, what did you think? Yeah, of she's doing some... Pr- you know, I wanted to see her talk about it actually because I liked it, I, and it was—it's some pretty big scale stuff. And I, I would like to hear explanations of what inspires her to do it. I thought it was pretty neat looking. I think I would like to see it in person. Mm-hmm. Well, you got a little bit of a—I think—of um, an insight through through the the her walking. The yes, yes. Biennale and the questions she asked, and you yeah. saw her go through that. Um, that sound uh, proof room there, right? Yeah, I, I agree. And I was thinking the same thing as I was watching it, that you're getting a lot of insight about her by the sorts of things that she asks. And I, and I really like the, the sound, the sound uh, installation was interesting, but also the Danish artist where she was saying like, you know, as she's walking in with him, she's kind of saying that, well, I think it was her narrating it, saying that she, you know, sometimes feels like she doesn't really have any connection with these other artists, and then she sees their work, and she sees that they're kind of actually doing the same thing, but they just have a completely different way of doing it, and I thought that was pretty insightful, and that was a really neat installation with those really big projections and purple lights on plants, and pretty interesting. 
I guess that must have been 2013 Biennale. I'm not sure the what years they. I don't follow it that closely. I believe you're right. It's obviously every. Yeah, I, I think Corrine actually was at that and went through those things because she was in Italy around that time and she saw it. I, I guess if before that it would have been '09, and I don't think she was there in '09, and it, she definitely wasn't there in '15. So that was probably it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. That would be a good uh, a good vacation to plan. Yes, yes. And Venice is ama- amazing. I, I I did go to Venice, but there was no Biennale going on when I was there. But I was there in um, I think it's on in, on in the spring actually. I was there in the summer. But it was, I don't think it was the right year either. It was 2001 I was there. But it's a pretty amazing place. Yes. And then to have that, you know, these quality of artists that are, are exhibiting at that is really something else. Um, and, you know, these, there was only, I'm looking at the webpage here, there was Al Wiwe, Jesper Just from Denmark, Mark Manders from Netherlands, Katrin, I don't even want to try to pronounce her last name, from Iceland, mm-hmm. and Kim, Kim, Kim Suja from, um, from South Korea, but and Diana, Al-Headed. So it's only six... on Skype, and she also, see, she mentions the work of Susan Shea. Yeah, I thought that was cool, yeah, yeah, because yeah. we we talked about her before, I, I kind of, because she did that piece on the, um, on that raised park on the old train track in, in New York, right? I believe did so. We, yeah, yeah, I think I think we watched it. That was one of those that three part one. There was three artists that were oh. that were being talked about. We talked about. I think we talked mainly about the first guy who was the kind of landscape painter, and then there was oh geez, what's his name? One of those minimalist painters. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, and actually I should know it because I like the guy a lot. But that's just where my head is these days. Mm. I got a, I have I have a great memory, but it's really short. That um, getting acquainted with the Venice Biennale is is a really interesting thing I, because um, I was reading um, the the CV of the representative for 2017, <coughs> and uh, he was born in 67, which means he's my age, 49. And this is uh, and this is Canada's representative you're talking about? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey Farmer. Okay. Yeah, I don't know the name. And I saw that he graduated in '92 <coughs> from the Emily Carr Institute. So, what does that make it? Like 24 years? Yeah, yeah. 24 years between the 24 years of work to get to represent Canada, the Venice Biennale. That's <laughs> So that puts things in perspective, I believe. Well, but but you can also look at Diana Al Hadid, who was born in 1981 and is representing the USA in like when she was only in her how old? 81. She was only in her early 30s then. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy, totally. But, um, but she's... her work is truly, truly incredible. She just. She has uh, something that is very architectural, very classical, but at the same time contemporary because she's very, very modern, yes. And the inside and the outside at the same time. And she suspends her whole installations, they're suspended. And there is a lot of um, textures with, um, she mainly uses wax and bronze. 
And that's just like you don't read it as bronze or as metal. It's really incredible. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm looking through these six artists that were mentioned in that uh, video that we watched, and Ai Weiwei it was 1957 born, Jesper Just 74, Mark Manders 68, the Icelandic woman Katrin uh, 67, and Kim Suja also 57. So Diana's very young. Mm-hmm. So she might have been one of the she she may well have been one of the youngest artists actually at that because I expect most of them are more senior. Probably. I expect there's very very few around that are around 32. I guess she would have been at that time. <laughs> yeah, I watched her work a little bit and I noticed that um, she was very hands on and very um, and also she was um, really cute, like um, kind of. Um, she she was making gestures like oh my god I don't know if this is going to work <laughs> you know like she was yeah she seemed just from seeing her do those interviews I got the impression she seems like a very authentic and honest type of person and very non um, what's the word uh, you know no, oh just smug. doesn't have doesn't have, doesn't have a, doesn't have a big ego um, yeah. humble well, I guess is the, humble. I think is the word I'm looking for. She yeah. seems like she's she just does what she does, and and she likes to get input from other people, like from not not necessarily on her own work, but for her own work. You know, like to see other things and be inspired by it. Like she talked about how she took like thousands of photographs while she was in Venice, and I can just imagine that made it made her it you know made its way into her work. Everybody, what was their favorite gelato? Favorite gelato? I thought that was great. Nobody answered except for uh, we, we said vanilla. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm really boring. And she's, oh, yes, that is boring. <laughs> yeah, I always interesting, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He is a fascinating artist, to be sure. That was a really interesting installation, too, about his imprisonment. I, I, I didn't know that he did that, um, but that's, that's something else. And I thought it was interesting, too, his insight. He's, I mean, I guess to kind of describe the installation, it was rooms that people were looking in that were more or less maquettes of the, the prison situations that he was in. And so you'd look in this window and you'd see a model of him standing, taking a shower with two guards watching him or, or him just laying in bed in another room, all the different rooms of different things that he had to do. And he's talking about how the guards were not allowed to talk to him other than to give him orders but there were certain situations where the guards would be away enough from everybody else and they would under their breath they would talk to him and tell them about their own families and he said that these guards were only 19 or 20 years old and about you know the age of his um his own children if they could be that and how they were they were basically imprisoned as well because they were just this is all they knew for three years and then they were like sort of sent back to their village he said so pretty interesting Yes. So I know you, you saw it, so you saw all that. I just thought to put, give some context. Um, oh, yes. I'm a, I'm a little bit... Um, uh, um, I don't know how to say it. Um, I feel intimidated by this whole Venice Biennale thing. <laughs> well, I mean, you represent not, a whole country. You go there oh, representing... It's, it's, it's crazy. It, it is. Oh, there's the Canadian. Oh, there's the Danish. Oh, there's the American. Oh, there's, you know, and what does that mean? What does that mean? You're like a uh, little, little entity that, <laughs> that becomes this kind of vignette of Canada or vignette of 
Italy or vignette of whatever. Yeah, and it only happens once every two years, so it's not that that frequent, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying and, to find out if uh, that Jeffrey Farmer dude, um, you know, what, what was his work, what kind of work he did. Um, and uh, I can't really place him. He seems to be a little bit of a De- David Amej type guy where... He's got a lot of, uh, you remember David Amesh with the, um, yeah, yeah, the mirrors, taxidermy, yeah, taxidermy, and, yeah, mirrors, and, it's a little bit <coughs> the same idea with the cre- creating characters with, uh, like, you have, like, a stand, a little stick, that's, like, a stand, and then you, you put, like, some really flat elements that create a character, so you'll have, like, a, an oversized hand, where the hand should be, and then a head that's like maybe uh, right. a classic statue head, or the head of a of a witch, or you know, and then there's all these figures are kind of scattered and positioned, almost like in a shop, uh, somewhat like David Amage, where everything is like you're you've stepped into a, a jewelry store or. Uh, a perfume counter and that sort of thing. This is a little bit his style, uh, Jeffrey Farmer, the next uh, representative for Canada. So I don't know what he'll be doing, but he is represented um, at various galleries, and one of them I was looking at the Catriona Jeffreys uh, Gallery in um, Vancouver, and I saw on the list of artists that are represented by that gallery. I saw Duane Linklater, who is a friend of my professor and who gave me a studio visit um, right. two, two or three right. years ago. So I had two years ago. So I had a good conversation with him. So it's kind of neat. Like now, when I look at things like that, I, I'm starting to recognize names, and some of that is from my experience in the program, but it's also mostly because of our conversations so again thank you so much i i can't i I can't stop thanking you enough for (laughs) helping me with this it's it's good for it's good for me too it's good for me to get back into thinking about this stuff i did a lot i spent a fair bit of effort thinking about it years ago and i've kind of gotten away but you realize there's so much going on out there i'm actually um i i i looked while you were talking there, I, I looked up an image of Jeffrey Farmer's. It's almost like three-dimensional collage. Yes, yes. That's a good uh, way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Have you seen and, um, the alphabet one? Like the, uh, is that one of his? Um, he's got like I haven't been, yeah, I haven't been looking around that much. A big artwork in Vancouver called... Uh, the letters of the alphabet, or I'm trying to find and, it. And was that one of his installations? Yeah, that's the one I want to find. But I, I, I just have to find the proper name for it. Because that's one of the big one. I think it's just one of his seminal works. Right. Uh, maybe we'll find it eventually. When, uh, well, maybe what you maybe what you could do is you could look for it once we're offline and put it as an image on the uh, Facebook page. Okay, cool. 
Yeah. Oh, every letter in the alphabet, it's called. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what it looks like, but I think he did 26 exhibits uh, related to each letter of the alphabet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm. Remember uh, another one that we talked about? A little, I don't know, but my may have been about a year ago now. But we talked about Janet Cardiff and George Miller, and they were also Canada's represent representatives in the Venice Biennale. Actually, in the year that I was there in 2001, but I again, I think it's in the spring that they do it. I don't think it's in the summer. Okay. I was in Venice. I was in Venice, and I certainly did, I didn't see any any reference to it. I think if you were there and it was on, you would know. Well, it seems like it, it is um, the thing. I think that's the it's kind of the yeah top. it's the yeah it's the premier art show in the world basically for modern art for you know for real cutting edge kind of the best of the best contemporary artists and mostly ones that I I think most people would somewhat connect with I, I I'm I'm probably a little bit naive in thinking that but. You know, there's some of it. There's some modern or sort of contemporary art. I think that average people would have a very difficult time connecting with. And I think a lot of the stuff at the Biennale, to me, seems like there's always enough craftsmanship and enough. There's something that I think a lot of people could grab onto. Maybe not everything, but there'd be something there. I think for most people, oh, if they had any interest, if they had any interest in art at all, of course. I guess if you have no interest in art, there's not much you can really do about that. Well, it but. covers everything. Everything: art, architecture, cinema, dance, music, theater. Yeah. And uh, what would be? Oh, historical archives. Yeah. So it's in the odd years. So yeah, I guess it's probably you're probably not going to get there this spring, but maybe plan for a trip in there in spring of nineteen. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day. It would be fun. I think it would be amazing. I mean, you know to. Italy is an amazing place to go to for anything. I mean, even you know, to go to the um, the old art galleries in, in Italy, like the Uffizi in Florence, would be great. You know, and I went to Florence, and we tried to get into the Uffizi, and and we waited in line for like two two hours, and we couldn't get in because we had to leave that day. It's so hard to get in. Oh, yeah. yeah we we didn't. We, the thing is, is I think what you can do is you can pre-register to get in line and then you get into an, a quicker line and we did we, and we didn't figure that out right away and oh. we were, it was on the day we were leaving we were planning on going and we just got in line and waited and waited and waited and waited and then we got to the door and then it's like well now you're in the the pre-line and there's another about hour wait to get in and so we just we couldn't do it because we had to get onto the train and leave town and like at three or something and this was getting on to be about noon or one you can't really you know you, you need a long time in a big art gallery like that yeah, so when, when you think so anyway, about art in, in Italy at that time, classical artwork, you think of commissioned uh, artwork, and you think of the birthplace, <coughs> almost like the birthplace of art, the way yeah, yeah, you think art, westernized art, the way you, you, we think yeah. of art galleries and... You know, yeah, Florence, Florence is sure sure full of that too. Like you go into the, you know, you can see like the Dante's Inferno, and you can see like all the real classical stuff that the Renaissance. I guess the yeah, the Renaissance art really, right? Mm -hmm. I think Italy, or more or less, the Renaissance started in Italy. Yeah, and in a way, I'm Don't, kind of not not in that at all. I'm not in that stream. I. 
I, I, I try to paint and draw figuratively, but I'm not very good at it. <laughs> well, it, it's good to practice, though, and I think that it, it. I think that you you find that working in that style, even if you're not that happy with it, you still get a little bit better at it, and I think it improves everything else that you do to have that those abilities. Mm-hmm. Even if even if it doesn't have anything to do with what your final product in a few years from now, you keep working towards something, and eventually you might be doing something that's much more conceptual or or you know, it has really nothing to do with figurative painting, but I still think that that, in, that in, it informs the process, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I had, uh, I think, what's going to, oh yeah, I, I, I made my paintings, all my paintings, I made it into a book. So, I, oh, yeah. I've been testing making a book uh, using a so website. So you're taking like good quality copy stand photographs, or just best photographs you can get, or? Yeah, I uh, I made a little studio in my house with using um, white poster board, and I took good quality photos of, of my paintings and uh, turned it into book form. And I'm waiting for the book to arrive, and we'll see what it looks like. <laughs> And, and you're pretty you're pretty happy with how the photos come out. I find it really hard to photograph artwork. <laughs> let's see, let's see. It is very difficult indeed. Yes, mm-hmm. we'll see. That. There's some. There's. I think there's some tricks that if you do it more and more that you can, you know, you can learn. And one thing that I saw recently that I thought was interesting, and it wasn't about um, necessarily doing art, but I think it would work, was using white balloons as a way of diffusing light over your flash. Oh. So it's a real cheap. A real cheap way of having a nice diffused light, because that's some of the because some of the problem is if if you don't have light, it's not light enough. But if you have like a flash, it's going to have a it's you know it's just hard to get the light right. And you want to have the light right such that the colors are accurate too, right? Because you want to see the painting in an image, a picture, the same value of color as you would see with the eye in the room that you would normally see it in. I guess color is so subjective though, right? It's all about the light. True, true, totally. Everything's everything's black if there's no light. <laughs> true. Um, I also watched uh, today. I watched a video about Daphne Ojig. Do you know her? I saw your Facebook post about her. She's a a, a native uh, an indigenous artist in Canada, right? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't heard of her. She sounds interesting. She just died at ninety seven. Yeah, I was gonna say she was very, she was uh, quite, quite old, elderly. But uh, the the video I posted uh, is is from uh, her best friend, um, who talks about her, about Daphne Ojig, and she she talks about Daphne's last years in uh, an old age home, and how. She was with four other people for a while, and then she shared a room with one other person, and finally she was by herself, and uh, she continued drawing. She she says, hey, I started drawing again. (laughs) So she she made 300 drawings um, in that old age home, and um, she just decided to 
in her life, like early in her life, she decided to to live to her fullest and um, to to be herself, to know herself, to share herself. And uh, I just I I want to learn so much more about her and just kind of take her philosophy um, really pay attention to her philosophy of life. She's no, that's just, interesting. She sounds like uh, the kind of person that uh, don't, doesn't not only just um, you know produces artwork for career and then go to the you know Venice Biennale but also teaches and takes the time to write uh, and uh, spent time with community dancing was important to her as well <coughs> so you know like um, I find that uh, often when I'm looking at things from the outside it's really cool and it's really sort of amazing what people do when I look at uh, that video by this you know, this young Syrian uh, woman who pr makes amazing works goes to the Venice Biennale, uh, interviews Ai Weiwei, <laughs> you know, right. and, and, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and goes and experiences this great time in her life. Um, but it, it also, from my perspective, whenever I, I'm looking at this, it's not that I'm judging it. I'm just thinking, what is all of this, you know? Um, sometimes I get a little bit overwhelmed, and I find things <laughs> cold and big, you know? It's cold and big, and where's the human aspect? Sometimes I wonder. <coughs> yeah, sometimes contemporary art can be that way, and I think... Um... I don't know. I think in a way, if you see more of it, perhaps you, you maybe you ignore that aspect of it, or that aspect of it doesn't become as prominent, or maybe the artist is actually trying to get that across in a large way, and that's how they're trying to make you feel. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't all make you feel that way, I guess. No. But there is a certain. I find it. Um, I, I I just like seeing how you think. Okay. Haven't we already thought of almost everything that could ever be done? And then you see something new. They say, wow, that's new. That's never been done. That's interesting, right? Yeah, that that experience in itself is is just pretty cool. Definitely. It's, it's, it's one of those things that kind of make you feel like you're... You can you can share into an experience. It's immersive, definitely. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I get that, but there's no, yeah, so yeah. and I get what you're changes. saying too. Yes, that's changes. that's a good word. That's a good word. Um, I would have, I think, if you'd given me the chance to either spend an afternoon talking and drawing with Daphne Jig or visiting the whole Venice Biennale, I would have picked sitting with Daphne or Jake for an afternoon drawing and, and just sharing stories. Yeah, well, she would certainly have, she would certainly have a lot of them to share, I'm sure. Yeah. Somebody, somebody that lives that old who has a lot of uh, insight and, perspe and perspective on life and 
living in an indigenous community, I'm sure there would be an awful lot of stories. Yes, and and that will that will start coming a little bit more, I think, in in my conversations because um, I will be working with a lot of indigenous artists in the near future. Yeah. Um, so it's it will be, and and I was thinking about this, and I think if we if I stay close to the the art of creating the 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 act of creation, I think that's a great leveler in life. Uh, going through the motions, getting your materials, making your artwork, talking with people about your artwork and about what's significant to you and making those stories, story making is, uh, right. she says, she said, at Daphne Ojig, she said, we are our stories. I think that's really interesting. That's really important. Yeah, that is. Well, I think um, in, indigenous cultures in, in North America have a, just a very, very different perspective on what it means to be human, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that it shows in their art, and it shows in their respect for nature, and it shows in just in almost everything, every aspect of what it is that they do. I mean, I guess that's not a bit of a, it's a bit of a, almost a cliche or a, a not cliche, but a, a generalization, but, but I think you know what I mean. I hope, I think I'm right anyway. Yes, yes. It's my impression. Um, well, if oral history is, is important to you, I think it will it will change something in you if if you start paying attention to the stories of your parents and the stories of your grandparents if that becomes important to you um, you know I can't even think of one story that my grandfather or my grandmother right. told me yeah that's because true because I wasn't close to them much I remember my grandfather uh, died when I was maybe 10. I know he made a great garden and I heard a lot of stories about him through other people but not he didn't tell me stories. He hardly spoke to me. My grandmother too. Uh, yeah there's sort of a different generational thing isn't there and it comes from, I'm not sure what, what, what the cultural thing is there, but but I think it's, yeah. I don't know, maybe there was that in Native culture too, but there was also maybe a, res a respect of listening. And it wasn't just that the grandfather was talking to the grandchild. It was, it was maybe more of a communal thing where they were telling stories and the grandchild remembers that and then can pass that on to their children as for generations and generations to go, right? I don't know. I think it's just a different, I think they, their whole setup of their social structure was just so different than anything we could imagine. Like, I'm talking more if you, I'm talking more if you go back, like, you know, many, many generations, like even 400 years, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like yeah, but... Pre-Columbus. Pre, pre even, like, talking to Dwayne Linklater, who's Anishinaabe, uh, um, he... He liked having uh, what he would do mostly 
was um, he would have people make his artwork. He wouldn't make it himself, but he would give instructions. Uh, he gave some blueberry bushes to, um, I think it was a, an art gallery in the States uh, somewhere, I forgot where, but, um, and he gave them instructions on how to tend those, uh, blueberry bushes. Uh, and that was part of his artwork. Um, another thing was he made clay pots, but he had other people making them for him. And again, uh, it was, uh, according to certain specifications. And, um, uh, it was it's just like a very interesting way of working uh, where the uh, uh, the the sharing uh, happens uh, he he shares his his heritage with other people right, and right. Uh, they they all like really much like it um, so it's maybe uh, very innovative for me anyway, like uh, it's something that doesn't happen uh, often, um, so it's it's pretty cool. So there's there are, so there are a lot of expressions from uh, uh, beadwork to basket making to uh, jingle dresses to uh, installations uh, by Dwayne Link Linklater or uh, Carl Beam's photography, um, Christy Belcourt's paintings, Daphne Ojig's paintings, which uh, are mostly woodland and very line based, like very like flowing lines. But, um, now, it's very broad, you, very broad uh, ways of uh, expressions. Yeah, well, I'll be I'll be interested to see. Where that where you end up going with that? It sounds really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I I am kind of boldly going where no one <laughs> has gone before, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be something um, very important. Um, that was something that a that um, Metis uh, artist asked me. He said, uh, "What do you want to do?" What's your plan for the next while? And I thought at the time that he was being very stern with me and strict. I said, I don't know what the plan is. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, I'm 40-somewhat I'm, I'm years old. Uh, you know, it's not like I'm going to go uh, and follow all the steps and, and, and end up at Emily Carr, you know, teaching. Um... But, Venice, uh, Biennale. No, uh, forget that. Yeah, uh, well, there's there's different reasons for making art, right? And I don't think the reason for making art should be to try to get to the Venice Biennale. No, oh, definitely not. That's not gonna happen. So. Um, yeah, well, that's true for ninety nine point nine nine percent of artists, right? Exactly, like, but probably even higher than that. One in ten thousand, one in twenty thousand, one in a hundred thousand. Yeah. How many artists are in Canada? I wonder. Practicing artists, I guess. Ones that would be on that scale. There's probably there's still thousands, right? Well, uh, Liz McGore was uh, 
was uh, was in there, I believe. I think I, I, I saw her name. You remember? Oh yeah, I know the name, but I don't know. Do Did we talk the, about her? The glove, the glove. If oh I yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. The glove, the glove. Yeah, the casting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I remember that. I I'm not great with names, but I'm I'm good with castings. <laughs> but um, you know, so I I thought you know it's um, my heart anyway seems to be more towards um, storytelling and community and engaging. Uh, with uh, other artists, so I think uh, this this project that will start soon with uh, indigenous and non-indigenous artists is going to be really interesting. And um, these examples that we talk about from Art Twenty One, they're very, very. I think they're very important to know. Like this is a good education because. Well, we've watched. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you just kind of uh, imagine, um, you know, space. Uh, a lot of those uh, artists that she saw, they were based on installation, on space, on playing with sound. Or... Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I think that's largely what the Biennale is about: is you got a space, and now you've got to make your artwork around that space. Which is interesting. It's going to be very different for us because we have a small space. And I wonder if some of the students, some of our, our people will will uh, want to engage in, in multimedia and, um, and uh, in that sort of thing. So I'm looking forward to discovering uh, which way it, it's all going to go. It will be uh, exciting. So that's kind of, uh, I think, where I'm kind of headed. So uh, as far as I can see, right now, oh, it's. Uh, I, I have a lot still to learn. I'm I'm almost done in two more years. Well, but my eyes is on the future. So yeah, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes and. Mm -hmm. Definitely, and maybe I was thinking uh, about podcasting. Uh, podcasting is oral based, um, and if there would be a way to uh, link podcasting with this project uh, we're doing, so. Uh, well, maybe you could maybe you could start a podcast with various people that you're talking. I don't know. Maybe there's people across the country that yeah, it'd be hard to get in touch with them, though. I think if you don't already know them, right? Yeah, I, I find that um, it's it's sort of difficult. Um, you have uh, kind of a, an ease in in speaking, um, and you have that kind of flow. Um, but um, most people they don't want to to get too involved with that, but um, I think it's the idea of the recording that's kind of making everybody yeah. sort of... But you should be able to, I think people should be able to get past that. It's just a conversation, really, right? Mm -hmm. But but I know what, I mean, it's like, in a way, I think, you know, part of what helped me was way back in, like, I don't know, second or third year university, 
I was fortunate enough to get into this public speaking class as an elective course in university, and that really helped me a lot because I, I wasn't good with public speaking, and I've, I, I'm still not, I don't think I'm great at it, but it doesn't terrify me, right? Yeah. So, so having a conversation that's being recorded is, I don't, doesn't even, I don't even know, notice that really. It's just a conversation. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's the way it should be. But I guess you're right. Some people there, maybe they, they get too caught up in the idea that, oh, this is being recorded and and uh, Isabel's going to put it out for the world to hear. <laughs> yeah, but uh, maybe maybe I'll I'll find a way to to do it. So maybe I, I'll have uh, some questions that I ask. Um, maybe if it's two or three people, they won't feel as that would be the way to do it, yes, if you could get like a panel. Maybe that would be one thing to do is to get, a, if you could get a few people and and give them questions that you're going to talk about ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then they'll, they'll be able to think about it and they won't feel caught off guard. Uh, if you could arrange that, I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's, that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, lead, definitely. Yeah. So did you have some a good time? Did you have good holidays? Were, were you rested? Oh yeah, yeah, they were pretty good. They were pretty good. Um, now I'm back and getting up early again. I was I got to the point where I was sleeping in every day. But did you get? I got, I got back to. Uh, we had a fair bit, but we lost it all on Boxing Day, most of it, and then we had more again. And there's still some here, but I saw your pictures on Facebook. You guys have tons of snow now. <laughs> No, we didn't get. We got a little bit. We got maybe about two inches of snow. But you guys, it looks like you guys have like a lot of shoveling up to there to do. Oh yeah, yeah. I I was at it this morning. And have you bought a Have you bought a? Yeah, have you bought a snowblower yet? Have you broken down and bought a snowblower? Uh no, we still do. We still do it uh, manually. Right? Almost time. Almost. Shovels. Almost time to break down and buy a snowblower. I think. <laughs> One more year of this, and someone's going to say this is bullshit, and buy a snowblower. Probably Dave. I I almost did once. Well, I bought a little one, a little tiny one that broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you're talking about a real winter up there. You got to spend a couple thousand bucks on one, or maybe fifteen hundred. We get a good. Or maybe you know what? Look in Kijiji if you're ever thinking about it again. There's always people selling them. In the, in the spring or in the middle of the summer. Yeah, exactly, in the middle of the summer, exactly. <laughs> when the last thing you're thinking about is snow. Yeah, so maybe um, maybe we'll uh, talk about uh, what would be a, kind of a Canadian um, Biennale. What, what's, a, what's the equivalent in, in Canada? What do we have that's... Well, there's some things that go on, and there's an annual art show that goes on in Toronto that's an exposition, but I think it's more of a, um, it's like, I think it's more of a thing where dealers get set up booths almost, and you can go around and look at a lot of stuff. It's still pretty cool, though, but it's not like a, I don't think it's really a juried show as much as it's dealers showing off the various artists that they represent. The uh, Toronto Outdoor Art Exhibition? No, it's not that. It's an indoor thing, and I don't remember the name of it, but I can look that up. The one-of-a-kind show? No? No, 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 no. This is, this is like, high art stuff, like, you know, $50,000, $20,000, $10,000 paintings. Oh. Um, but I can't show. remember what it's... No. 
Yeah, it goes on once a year, and I, I know that Jeff has been to it a couple times, Jeff Wilmore. Toronto um, Art Fair? Toronto Taste? No, Art Toronto. It might be, tro- it might be Toronto Art Fair. Okay. That's possible. Um, the artist project, contemporary no, art fair. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not remembering. It's not ringing a bell. It might be the, it might be the art. Oh. Artist project sounds really big. Artist project, though, it sounds more like it's more about the artist, and this is really a more of a dealer-oriented show. Okay, because I'm thinking uh, more and more, Toronto is so easy to access for me because uh, Porter goes there and um, there are flights uh, coming out of here regularly. So I should uh, I should keep an eye on uh, on that stuff because I find that uh, you can see pretty much. At the National Art Gallery in Ottawa, you can see every possible art art style or major artists of the 19th right, and right, 20th right. century, you know. Uh, but if for contemporary stuff, Toronto would be it. In uh, Montreal, or course, Montreal. But um, Toronto just has so much more. Uh, so I'll keep an eye on that. And uh, let me know too. If you see anything interesting? It so, might. It might be this art. I'm looking online. At the, it might be this Art Toronto, which takes place in the fall. Oh yeah, Art Toronto. Art Toronto is Canada's international contemporary mo- and modern art fair located at Metro Toronto Convention Center, founded in 2000. Hmm. Okay. I'm wondering. Oh I'm, I'm thinking. God, I'm thinking that this thing—it's filled, it's filled to the max with little booths. Yeah, I think that's a. Are you looking at a map or something? I don't see that. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at a photo of a sort of a convention center filled with booths. Yes. Yeah. Like white. Th- this booths. is it for this. This is it for sure, because I see Mike, Mike Gibson is there, who's the uh, uh, London Gallery owner. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff there. Uh, yeah, Murray's, Murray's he's in here. I'm in the bedroom because I got I got a guy doing some work downstairs. And just oh, there he goes. <laughs> oh my God. Well, on that note, I should probably go see what he's on about, and maybe we should. Uh, Bid adieu. Yes, yes. Au revoir, Mark. Okay, it's been it's been good talking and good luck with your uh, term moving forward, and we will talk again soon, I'm sure. Yes.